This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Amen. How's it, everyone? It is awesome to be here. Just ask the person sitting next to you if you have to decide for the rest of your life to live in a hotel with either no view but great food or very bad food but a great view. What will you choose? Just ask the person sitting next to you. Okay, let's have a vote. Who says, give me the food, take, a, take away the view? Who says, give me the average food but the great view? Okay, we are definitely eaters in here. So, yeah, it's awesome to be here this evening. I was just figuring out whether I should buy a coffee shop with a view or great food. So I was trying to measure. I just enjoyed worshiping with you all tonight and when we were singing that verse um, about Jesus' breath coming back on his body and then he rose. Do you know that that is uh, the pattern for your body? Uh, we, we are following after the pattern of Christ and so we will die and we will uh, raise again or we will rise again and the way in which his body functioned on earth after his resurrection is a pattern for you. Isn't that exciting? But until that day, uh, we are keeping our focus on him and we are enjoying him. But one of the greatest obstacles you will have in your life is what I want to preach on tonight is dealing with those sitting next to you and around you. Most people have fallen away from the faith. I'm out of university now for almost 20 years, all right, since I've started. And many of my friends have remained faithful and in love with Jesus. Those who have fallen away have not fallen away because there was some kind of sickness or calamity that fell on them and they could not understand it or explain it. People tend to be able to move through suffering, I've seen. Um, God is near and he comforts us through every season. Isn't that true? I've seen people not fallen out of love with God suddenly even. What I have observed is someone that has fallen away from the faith and their words are something like this. I went to this church and the pastor did this. Or I went to a small group And what they told me in that group is this. I went full of hope to this initiative from the church and I met someone and that happened. And because of what that human did or their impact on my life, I'm no longer believing. All right. That is the reality that I see a lot. And what will you do about that in your own life? Because in the next years of your life on earth, you will face and walk into all different types of people that will put your faith to the test. And I'm asking you tonight, 
never to give up and to make it all the way. That's what I'm fighting for tonight in this place. So that's my not-so-hidden agenda. Honoring God in relationships, dealing with offenses. How will you do it and how will I do it? Let's read together. John 13. By this all people will know that you are my or that you are his disciples if you have love for one another. Whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. What is happening at the moment in our world is when we went into lockdown, it basically tore the world into two groups. I know I'm oversimplifying this and I'm going to do it more on one occasion tonight, so have grace for me. One group of people were the rich. They went into lockdown and they loved it. They closed the doors and the walls are high. They've got Netflix, Showmax, and whatever is out there. And they're like, it's so great to spend time with a family here in our home. The fridge is full of food, no problem. Because you get by on your own just well enough. On the other side, we have people who will die of hunger because if they are not able to walk across the room and get a little bit of bread, they cannot eat. And so the individual Western society tend to flourish when you put them on their own. But God has made us to be interdependent. In the same way in which people struggle when they cannot get to other people in lockdown, when they are physically hungry, the same will happen to the church if we adopt cultures like that. There's no such thing as a Zoom church. A church can use Zoom for a time. There's no such thing as a Zoom church. Yeah, you can say amen to that. Someone came to me in Hermanus, a member, and I was very upset, and I tend to, I can hide it for a little bit, and then I just get red in my neck. And this gentleman came to me and said, I just want to introduce you to my other pastor. And he took out his phone and pressed on a YouTube Link And it's someone in Australia with an online church. He never meets the people, never connects with them. But he's got a church of all over the, over the world. I said, he's not your pastor, and that's not a church. That's a video clip that's being played live. Let us be vigilant. Disciples are supposed to live life on life. Amen. And that causes problems. Problems. Problems of offense, problems of misunderstanding one another. Now, if you don't like someone on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you just unfollow, done. But you cannot unfollow your brother in the faith. You are not allowed to. Because here's the thing. He's like those demons they talk about. Because if you unlike him or send him away, God will send seven more <laughs> for you. Until you learn to love and care and accept that person that is different than you. Amen. You've heard it said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable of hellfire. 
Just, I'm not preaching on this, but just to help you. The scripture is not saying it's the same that when you're angry with your brother than when you murder it. It's simply saying, theological, it's the same, it's sin of the same kind. Okay, murder comes from the seed of anger. Feed it, feed it, feed it, feed it, feed it, and you get to the end product. Okay, and so what Jesus is saying, be vigilant when things are in seed form because they tend to grow, and we know this. Are you with me? Let's go on, next verse. So if you are offering your gift, so if being aware, being aware of seeds, how they can grow. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come back and offer your gift. All right. What Jesus is saying is allow the Holy Spirit to show you possible problems in your life while it is still only a seed because it can grow. What we see in verse 24 is the idea of doing it promptly, even before you continue, doing it promptly and doing it personally. Go to him face to face, not Facebook to Facebook, face to face, all right? Now, there's this man, William Barclay. There's a great photo of him. It looks like the oldest photo of, you'll find of a school principal. Uh, he was a believer, and he said the following. He said, more trouble has been caused by the writing of letters than by almost anything else. And that was way before there was social media, the stuff we put up there about one another. Let's go on. So Mark, the Gospel of Mark, its take on more or less the same thing. It says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespass. Now, in this example, um, it does not deal with the fact that you remember your brother and you go to him. What it says is when you stand praying. Now, when you, when you are at home, uh, I don't know, maybe sometimes you, you are sitting, you're praying, you're on your knees, sometimes you're lying in your bed. But often when you stand, it'll be a quick, quick prayer. You go around the corner, you're praying for something. The idea here, again, is promptness. You, when I come into your office and you say, sit, let me get us some coffee, and I say, is it okay if I stand? What I'm saying is, I'm just here to deliver and then I'm moving. If it's okay, I want to be prompt. Now, whenever you are even quickly wanting to engage with God, standing, connect with him, and you remember that you have anything against anyone, pray for forgiveness right then and then. Do it. Because what you are being trained in is having short accounts on your heart when it comes to unforgiveness. And whenever seeds are being sown into your life by the enemy's powers and principalities, little seeds to bring destruction, you brush it off. <laughs> quickly, quickly, quickly. Amen. Amen. I also just want to touch on the scripture, so that your Father who is in heaven may forgive you your trespass. Um, I just want to say this, just for peace and for clarity, I don't think the scripture means to say that if for a moment you are having trouble to forgive someone that you lose your salvation. That's not what this scripture is trying to say because that would not be in line with 
many other scriptures. All right, we'd have to go deeper. But it does say something, so what does it say? Let's just say one or two things. Firstly, when a believer connects with Jesus and, ex and asks him for forgiveness, such a person tends to be able to give forgiveness because what they have received, they can give. But now, if we look at verse 25, it is something very important for us here. If we are in a place where we cannot forgive, where it weighs on our heart, but it's almost like we cannot open that heart. We, 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 it's almost like we are stiff-necked. Our relationship with the Father will become strained sooner than later. right? And, and even that strain, sometimes it happens to me where I, I find myself thinking in the day, what's going on with me today? Something is not right here. Like a little buzz on the TV. But if you're in the room long enough, you get used to it. Someone else walks in, they say, what's going on with your TV? And, and sometimes I catch myself, there's something here that I don't know what it is. Normally when I breathe, it's a friction with another person that comes to mind. And I am encouraged to handle that right away. And so should you. But now, looking at verse 25, the, it's getting high tide here. If you cannot and you will not forgive, if you cannot and you will not forgive, it might mean that you do not know the measure of your own sin before the Father. Which means you might have to go to the cross for salvation. Okay. I'm, I'm coming directly. <laughs> Is that okay? I'm saying again, if you cannot and if you will not forgive, go to the cross. Go to the cross for forgiveness. Because once you know the forgiveness that has fallen upon you, even though it is hard, you will let that forgiveness drip through. Even if it's hard to get the tap open, it will start to move. All right. So this is very important, glorifying God in our relationships, dealing with the offense. And I want to give you four things, four handles on offense tonight. And then I hope that we can pray and, and, and trust God um, for us to be set free in this place. I hope you are excited. Yes. Let, let us just read 1 John 1 verse 67. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I think what we need to take on board with this here is whether you are an introvert or whether you are an extrovert, It might look different, but God has provided fellowship for you to your left and to your right, and you are required to walk in it. And it is true that maybe your capacity for people might be less than your sister or a friend you know here, but you still have a capacity, so then steward it well. But we have to press ourselves into the lives and the hearts of those around us. Isn't that true? 
And that's where we get the trouble. Because <laughs> we meet people and they come with their own baggage, their own hurts, and they project that onto you. And guess what? You project your sin, your history, and your presuppositions on them. And so my sin breaks over my own life and also breaks into yours. And the same with yours. But God does not want us to find a cave and a holy place for our auras to dwell. There's no such thing. I'm just playing, all right? He wants you to get into relationships with others. And he knows it will get messy because he knows it. He said, can you just sit and pray here for a moment? He goes, he prays, he comes back, they're asleep. He tries again. They sleep again. The one says, I will never leave you. Oh, it's not a day. Forsakes him. And then it's the same God, one John happens after this, who says, walk in the light with these people. Be with them. Because as we do it, we grow. And we become more and more like him. Isn't that true? Now, why is dealing with offenses such a big deal? First point, this is not rocket science, because Jesus is clear about it. That's it. Why is it a big deal? He says, deal with it quickly. Promptly, personally, face to face. If you are offering your gift at the altar, this is Jesus speaking, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go be reconciled with your brother, that one who fell asleep, that one who forsook you, go back, right? And then come and offer your gift. Now, I want to play with, with one or two things just to help us in this place. We are all different, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you in a box now, all right? The women and the men, I know I'm generalizing, but just go with me for a moment here. Is that okay? All right, don't throw me with something. We are made different generally, all right? Um, sometimes, depending on our occupation, we pick up different skills. Um, but generally, we are made different. So the Bible says, um, husbands, love your wife. And wife, respect your husbands. Be, not because the husband should not respect and the wife should not love, because we've got different strengths and weaknesses. Simple as that. Some things come more natural for some of us than others. Now, generally, the ladies or the women here tend to connect more naturally than men. I know I'm generalizing, but look at your mom, all right? There can be five, six, or eight kids. She's in control of everyone all at once. Dad taps out. He's on the couch. Okay. It's just not his thing. I mean, it's maybe one on his lap. But your mom is like, here's your lunch, here's your this. She knows what's happening in everyone's life. She is wired like that. I know there's men that can operate like that as well, okay? But I'm not going to make that excuse again. She's gifted in that way. She remembers it's grandpa's birthday and grandma on the other side, this, her false teeth are being done. And, and she's just, she's connected. And maybe for some of you, you can relate with that. You connect. Some of you connect in groups better. Some of you one-to-one. But 
God has made you that way. All right. When you get hurt in your heart, it is very hard for you. And that's why sometimes, not always, but sometimes when girls or women, when they fight, it gets ugly. All right? Because you're made to connect and feel covered. And that's why Jesus wants to be your first love. Amen? He wants to come and cover you with his wings in a way where the deep part of your heart is covered. But when you get hurt, it hurts you deeply, especially in relationships. I mean, you had an expectation for a friend. If you don't deal with that hurt, I will tell you what you will naturally do if you are not asking the Spirit to help you and if you are not going intentionally. What you'll do is you'll maybe step away from the pain or the people that hurt you And you will move socially in this church from that block to this block. And you will connect again. And if this is not dealt with, you will start to talk with these people here what happened to you here. Are you with me? If the Holy Spirit has not touched you here, your communication here will be toxic. Right, and we, you will hear things like Gemini Skinnerni, stuff like that. That is the plan of the enemy, to use the way you were made for redemptive purposes to bring hurt and destruction. Are you following me here tonight? Men, you are a little bit different. You are a little bit different. You are not connected so much but you, you are uniquely made as well to conquer mountains and giants. So Abraham said, let us go. Where are we going? No, it doesn't matter. God said, go. We're going to conquer this. We're going to do it. You, you, start, you, you don't start one entrepreneurial adventure. You start five. Okay? Because you are here to conquer Okay, and we play rugby, and we are not afraid, and we, we are stubborn, especially Afrikaners, we are stubborn, and that's why we can win World Cups, because we can focus. <laughs> yes. And then we get pride, and then God humbles the pride, and then when, once we are humble, we get up again. But we are focused, and sometimes... We are a little bit more gifted in the solo mission, generally. And so when we get hurt in this block, this is the problem, the problem area in church here. <laughs> when the woman gets hurt here, they move there and they connect there. If a man gets hurt here, they walk out the door. They say, I don't need this place. If a married man walks out of a church, his wife walks with. You've got a responsibility. You've got a responsibility to deal with the seeds of offense that falls on your heart. That is your responsibility. If you are married, newly married, you have a responsibility 
to look after your heart because it is being shared with someone. Isn't that true? And so Jesus wants to help us. So if you are... Um, I've, I've been in small group now for 20 years. I don't miss small group. When we got our boy, baby boy, we were off for one week. We started again. We don't miss it. So if you're in small group almost every week of the year and church, not counting things like prayer meetings, then you at least have two occasions in the week where you walk into God's presence. I'm not talking even about your personal quiet time where you have a moment to wipe your heart off. Why does the Bible say fall in love and marry and pursue a relationship with someone that is a believer? Because if they are connected to Christ, they will take care of their heart and they will take care of yours. Yeah. Jesus said so. Let us do it. Amen. The second thing. Why dealing with offenses is such a big deal. I, I am investing into your relationships. That's my heart tonight, all right? I'm plowing in that field. We should deal with offense before worship because dealing with offenses is worship. Why? Because it is obedience. Are you with me? For many of you, the first song... <laughs> of the Sunday nights to come will be, Lord, please forgive me, I forgive that person. That will be your first song. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Now, why is it worship when we deal with our offense, I mean, it's something in your heart. Are you with me? Now, you are made with a material body. It's also from God. It's not an accident. I also have it. Like, just take it. It's made and it's planned. Take it up with God, all right? And you have an immaterial part. When you see certain things happen, you cry. That's how you were made. My problem is when my wife wants to fight with me, I think it is funny, all right? And, <laughs> and, and I would say stuff that makes her very mad, but it's just for me to get out of trouble for another minute or so. But you were made, right? Your material part, that's your body, and your immaterial part, and which of those are important in worship? Which of those are important in worship? Your immaterial part or your material part? Both. Right. Which one needs to lean in first? Immaterial part. All right. Otherwise, what is the worship of the body without the immaterial part being engaged? It is called religion or dead works. Right, so there's many religions in the world. If you dress like this, eat this, and talk like that, you are part of this group, right? So as long as you dress like it, eat this thing, or not eat it, and talk in that way, you are part of this group. But a relationship with Jesus is not like that. It includes many things, bowing the knees, lifting the hands, 
taking your hands to serve the poor. But before we get to the bodies, it is the engagement of our immaterial parts. Now, when I start my quiet time in the morning, and I remember I have an issue with Eugene, which is hard, Eugene. Everyone loves you. And I say, Lord, it is easier for me to start now reading in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. But now there's something you have placed on me, and it, it sits on me in a way I'm uncomfortable. What is this? Help me. And I remember now my offense with Eugene. I say, Lord, Holy Spirit, come, come in here and help me. What am I doing with my immaterial part? I am shaping it after Christ. Father, forgive him, for they know not what they do. Here I am, massaging my heart into forgiveness, just like my Savior, dealing with offenses, ease, worship. You are being transformed. Do it often, do it quickly, do it promptly, and if you have to do it, do it in person. Because the way you all do that will impact the town out there. That's what scripture says. It says, by this all people will know, Stellenbosch, that you are my disciples if you have a love for one another. Are you with me tonight? We're almost there. After opening your heart, number three, why is dealing with offenses a big deal? Often it still hurts. If we can just go there. Write it down. Write it down next to that name you are struggling to forgive. You are not getting it wrong if you are massaging your heart into forgiveness, but it still feels regret. That's all right. It's okay. It still feels like you wish you did that or did not do that or you, you still wish that person it's okay if it is a process of healing the heart that's perfectly fine alright what I just want to say here I, this is one sermon alright this is not in encounter three or four combined but I just want to say that forgiveness does not always mean reconciliation in the way it was before. Okay, just know that. Right. Um, hopefully it can be, but it might be that you have to forgive a person that committed a crime against you. And so the way you will relate going forward might be different, but you can still forgive. It doesn't mean to reinstitute the relationship in that way. Is that, is that okay, everyone? We just leave it there for now, but just know that um, forgiveness does, does not equal consent and forgiveness does not equal always reconciliation. All right. Very important. That's why often for us it is hard because it's, it's hard enough if someone who sinned against you come to you and say, will you please Forgive me. And there's no way for them to go back in time and really wrong, right the wrong. Okay, It's hard. I mean, if they stole from you, they can give it back. But sometimes it is pain on the heart that something that was said and maybe there was a lot of people, but it is done. And now they come and they say, will you please forgive me? It's hard. 
But can I tell you what is harder? <laughs> the fact that you must forgive that person even if I don't ask. <laughs> and might continue in an arrogant posture against you. Because the one whom we are beholding, he sets an example like that. Who does that? Who lives like that? People who raise his eyebrows in this town. How can you forgive like that? How can you laugh so relentlessly? How? I don't know. He helps me. He's my hero. I remember his life and I try my best. Sometimes hearts will open towards you when you go to someone to say, will you please forgive me? And they did not even know that there was tension or strain. But because, remember, you are filled with the Spirit. You know Him. And so He whispers to you, and you go to that person, and you say, listen, I'm sorry for, for what happened yesterday. And they're like, what, what, what? And you're like, no. And they go home, and they, they consider, why is that person so sensitive? Something in them gets loosened. It is the Holy Spirit that's starting to touch them. All right, let him use you. Have short accounts on your heart. Does that make sense? Let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not grow weary of doing good. Just goes with this previous thing of sometimes it does not feel great. We feel weary in our forgiveness. Do I feel weary in my forgiveness at times? Does it sometimes feel like this is tough? Yes, it does. Push through. You have the Holy Spirit to help you. And then lastly, when you are wronged, you have the opportunity to love like Jesus. When you are wronged, you have the opportunity to extend grace to the offender. Guess who experienced that? When you went to him that day and you said, Lord, and he came with grace, he said, forgiven, come here. Go and do the same. It will open hearts. It will heal families. It will keep you in the faith 20 years from now. Look around you. Speak to your friends. Challenge them on this. It is people makes our faith the toughest conquer this area of your life and do it diligently there was one who did it for us he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities and upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace with his wounds we are healed our offenses fell on him and he took it. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.